You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Kia ora e te whanau, you're on 95BFM Breakfast. Time for a little bit of a korero with the wonderful Julia Jacklin, who has just released her excellent new album Pre-Pleasure this morning. is Julia's third solo album and it is a really stunning one. It's quite a quiet, mature record following Crushing, which was a big heartbreak album and took her all around the world on an enormous tour, which she owns she was really burnt out from when she got home. There's a gentleness to this album, which I think is really lovely and very relatable and sort of suits the mood of re-entering the world after a very strange couple of years. She's reflecting a lot on her childhood throughout this album and there's an, another kind of kindness to that. She's sort of centering herself before gearing back up to get back out there. I really enjoyed chatting with Julia about this album and we're going to have a little listen to that conversation now. I think every time I've listened to one of the songs I've just sort of there's something new is revealed. They're very self-assured tracks, they're very moving and they're also very funny which I think is a classic sort of combo <laughs> for your writing. Tell us a wee bit about the the I guess the headspace you were in putting this album together. Um yeah, it was very it felt quite different to my last two because the last two I wrote, or you know, the first one you write over years and years and years and they're really road tested by the time you make your first record and then the second one I wrote on the road and I was really busy and I didn't have much time to, I don't know, second guess myself or anything. Whereas this one was the first time where I've just had this massive space to fill, <laughs> just like endless time um, to write a record. and. Mm. It was uh, it was quite difficult and horrible. But then <laughs> I, I kind of just locked in the recording time before I'd finished the record mm. um, and kind of thought, oh, I'll just, I'll be motivated by this deadline and I'll, yeah, I'll have it all finished when I arrive in Canada. But that also didn't happen. So a lot of it was kind of, Half of it was written in Canada when I was making it and half of it was kind of scraps from, uh, yeah, the, the couple of years prior. So, yeah, it was quite stressful, to be honest, but I really like it. So that's very nice and surprising. <laughs> the old diamonds under pressure thing, eh? But it, it's it's interesting yeah. that you say that because there's nothing about it that feels rushed or, or stressed when you listen to it it does feel like mm. you've had a long time That's to great. maybe <laughs> yeah to maybe think about these ideas and you go quite deep you go back a lot to school in this album which um which I thought was really interesting and, and there's also a lot of like ruminating on religion within it which I thought was quite fascinating did you sort of find yourself coming back to those themes uh sort of accidentally or once you started thinking about it did you decide to chase that rabbit a little bit more yeah, it's just something I've, I, I don't know, I think about it a lot, especially over the last few years where I was thinking about 
how nice it would be to be religious in a way mm. like to believe to believe in a higher power and to have some sort of I don't know community around that but I'm not religious and you know most of my experiences in religious spaces have not been positive ones mm-hmm. and I think I was um I'd never really thought about my childhood or like I'd never sung about my childhood I guess like a lot of songwriting usually focuses on more of the teenagehood and the early 20s and you know Lydia Wears a Cross which is the first song on the record is is the first song I've ever written about being in primary school and being at a Catholic school and trying to understand religion from a child's perspective um whilst whilst even with my you know child mind being able to see um a lot of the hypocrisies and Hmm. um inconsistencies and and then now as an adult um realizing that that did shape a lot of my personality um those early experiences but I'd never really sung about them before or yeah put them down so that was just like a nice a nice gesture to my you know, eight-year-old self that I've never really um, done before, I guess. Eyes to the board, thoughts to our Lord we were praying for. Princess Diana, Miss Brown was keeping score. Vivian's holding on, but singing every single word wrong on the parade floor. a child in a leotard beneath a technicolor dream I think it's a lovely sort of anchor for the start of the record to use that song because it, it, it I think it sort of sets a tone that's it's very kind to yourself I think and I, I feel like some of your earlier records um, they, they really resonate with people because of the rawness and some of those like massive life experiences heartbreaks and things that that you sort of channeled into those records there's something that feels a bit more like acceptance or, or forgiveness or something that seems to be a big thread on this album did that feel like part of the process for you maybe thinking through those things or is that something maybe you've noticed afterwards yeah probably more something I've noticed afterwards that kind of happens a lot where you make a record and a little a little while after you listen back to it and you're like oh okay <laughs> that's what I was that's what I was feeling at the time but yeah I I've been thinking about how crushing was a record that I made in a time when um I first started to understand that I could have boundaries mm. you know that that was something that I was allowed to have whereas I didn't think I never thought I could have boundaries when I was younger I just thought oh no you just have to be available to anyone mm. and anyone who anyone who wants you you know um, in, in every way work romantic life friendship family and crushing was kind of where I was suddenly, I was feeling empowered by having boundaries. And I think this record is more, I don't know, it's more just understanding that, um, I don't know, just humanity, being a human is incredibly complex. And and yes, you can have boundaries, but you can't just enforce boundaries. And mm. 
people will respect them if you have one conversation like in order to live a life where you're letting people in but also having boundaries like you you kind of have to resign yourself to a, a lifetime of complications and communication and that's quite daunting but also like I don't know this record I felt like I just are accepting that a little bit more like I just softened a bit more yeah I think that's a really um like a lovely observation about like how you move I guess through adult life as well that I feel like you go through these chapters of of understanding these things and and your music kind of feels like a almost like a handbook maybe for someone who's coming up just a little bit behind you to try and help them through some of these big feelings and I think that's maybe obvious when you get a song about heartbreak or something but this record's got heaps of that kind of generosity is, is how I sort of felt listening to it I was like this is a very generous record you're sort of giving little nuggets away to your listeners which kind of brings me to asking you about this idea of boundaries is really interesting when you're a performing musician because you give a lot away every day when you're performing it you know on the stage that's a huge thing and then you know you have to be relatively public to be I guess Mm. um, selling music as well did you feel a sense of burnout after the crushing tour I get it I get the sense that that might have been a bit of an experience for you yeah I I was incredibly burnt out after that tour in a way that I'm still processing even though I'm leaving in a week to start this tour Mm. um so it's been a long time since yeah I've done that kind of touring and yeah it's it's an interesting thing being a musician in the way that I'm a musician because it's Yeah, like whilst I'm dealing with, you know, trying to figure out my own personal life when it comes to boundaries and letting people in and letting people go and all that, you also kind of have to do the same thing with your public life, Mm. like how you interact with your band, your fans, the staff at venues, your management team, your label, like it's just like a lot of relationships Mm -hmm. to navigate. and yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I felt I felt really really burnt out from the last tour because yeah, I, I guess I was just very like I'll do anything <laughs> I'll I'll you know um, I was a big yes person which is great mm. you need to need to be a yes person in this industry in order to like do the work (laughs) but I think I'm going to come into this one with a bit more just a bit more kindness to myself Mm. I wasn't very kind to myself the last time I think I I I kind of put myself on the very bottom of the list of priorities um, in my personal and my work life whereas I'm just I care about myself a bit more (laughs) now and I think I'm going to try and try and remember that um, when it comes to yeah just how I navigate this next big touring cycle that you kind of return to listening to some 
sort of like classic pop music from your childhood when you were kind of having a break? Was that something that you found maybe influencing yourself or was that just like a fun way to experience music outside of the, the like machine of having to make it your job as well? Yeah, I think that's the saddest part of burnout with being a touring musician is that to me at least it just, I, I kind of lost my love of music, you know, in, in every way. Like I just, you know, I didn't even pick up a guitar for a year and a half after I got back from that tour, like because I associated playing guitar with being really tired mm. <laughs> and being really, because on, on the crushing tour as well, I got, um, I just for the first time I started getting real bad stage fright and which, which I mean, which was panic attacks. I had panic attacks on the stage, which I managed to like mask quite well, mm. but it was the worst feeling I've really ever had because it's terrifying because you're playing in front of sometimes like over a thousand people and you know, it's just, and it's, and it's horrible. And so I think for, I just associated music with negative feelings and I, over the last little while I've, yeah, just been listening to music kind of outside my genre, which is, which is nice. Like just listening to big pop singers like Robin and Celine Dion and yes. things that feel <laughs> less connected to my job mm. um, and more I don't know, and and I I really I love the the fact that you said the album is generous because that's the word that I keep think that's the word I kept thinking about when making this record. Like I wanted it to be generous to myself and to listeners, and because I find that pop music is it's an incredibly generous mm -hmm. type of music. It's it's all about just making people feel really good. It's not as complex as the genre that I exist in, which is. You know, you're, you're trying to make people like feel lots of things, and it's it just can be quite intense. Mm. Whereas, you know, listening to Kylie Minogue, like all that I get, a, all that I get from that is just feeling really good. Yes, <laughs> and so I think that kind of music just helped me remember that music can be joyful and uncomplicated. Yeah, um, and. You know, and I don't think if you listen to my new record, it's not like, oh, it's a Carly Minogue record or anything like that. But I just tried to take some of that approach into this record, even though it is still very much like a classic kind of indie folk rock record. Julia Jacklin chatting with me about her beautiful new album Pre-Pleasure which is out today on Liberation Records I really enjoyed uh, her candour about the big process of managing burnout, it's a really huge part of being a touring musician and one who has such vulnerable lyrics and is so honest with their fans as Julia, it's a big part of the process so I was really really grateful to her for speaking with me about that Go listen to the record today, it's absolutely beautiful and if you've got a turntable and you want to listen to it on vinyl, 
You can text us right now with your name and your B card number and the words Julia or pre-pleasure, whatever you feel like, and we'll give one of you a copy of that record because we're feeling very benevolent and it's an excellent album. And while you send your texts and we're going to have a proper listen to one of the brand new tracks that's out this morning, this one's called Magic. Five three nine five. I won't feel ashamed tonight. Treat it like a stage tonight. Turn over a new page and write. That is a very beautiful new one from Julia Jacqueline. It's called Magic. It's out on pre-pleasure this morning and it is an extremely gorgeous song and a very beautiful album. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-cut. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.